on the Wine Roads, a wine road trip that takes you to the four corners of the world to discover the most beautiful wine estates. Fifth stop, the United States, California, episode one. United States, California, San Francisco. A universe of cinema comes flooding back with the mythical American films and TV series. Nothing more normal than starting my trip in the streets of San Francisco, pretending to be a very special agent, having as a mission the discovery of the Californian wines. First stop on my wine route in California, finding my local contact, John Trinidad, one of the most fashionable journalists in town who is specialized in wine. He has asked me to meet him on Pier 39, just in front of the famous prison of Alcatraz, for a tasting in the Bay of San Francisco. What a nice introduction. Uh, I believe I know who you are. Are you John? I am John. You must be Francois. Yes, how are you doing, John? I'm doing great. How are you today? Pleased to meet you. Yeah, glad you brought some good famous, weather with you. Famous John Trinidad. Famous or infamous, one or, bo <laughs> or both probably, but. And this is the boat? This is it, it's the Neptune, so I think we'll be on here for a couple hours and okay. enjoy the day. Let's do it. Let's go for it. Thank you. Under observation by the colony of seals living in the port, we head off for the famous Golden Gate Bridge. For the occasion, John has invited a few friends and wine amateurs. Nothing is forgotten. The tasting evolves around rosé, red, white, and sparkling wine. A nice idea, which straight away gives me an idea of the richness of the Californian wines and the voyage awaiting me. Right, some ammunition? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So a little rosé from California, from Arnaud Roberts. Um, actually, it's a wine that I helped uh, work harvest on last year. So, perfect wine for a day like this. Sunshine, good view. Should we go on the other side? So now tell me, yes. uh, this is towards uh, Napa and Sonoma, right? Correct. So if you drive up across the Golden Gate Bridge from San Francisco, you'll yeah. hit Route 101. You go straight ahead, you'll hit Sonoma. You go a little to your east, you'll hit Napa. So this really is the gateway to wine country up here in Northern California. Though you will see some places in Sonoma that have an influence um, of the bay. It's San Pablo Bay, which is right behind here. Um, there are some places uh, in Sonoma called the Petaluma Gap where you'll have not oh, I only... Heard about that. Yeah, that's where, so, the, the, all the, that's where all the fog comes in, right? Exactly, so the fog okay. comes in from the ocean, but there are some parts of the Petaluma Gap that will have both the fog influence from the ocean as well as from the bay. So uh, that's what really cools down oh. the vines. Um, so it gives wine with a lot of acidity, I imagine. Exactly, okay. exactly. I mean, keeps them cooler. You're not going to get a lot of ripeness. You're going to get something that has more acidity, a little bit more freshness to it. I read somewhere that they was concentrated on Napa, like 80% of all the soils that could be found on the earth, no? That's, yeah, that's exactly right. I think both in Napa and Sonoma, we're still discovering those soils. Sonoma um, also? Yes, I mean, I, I, uh, both places have a lot of variety. Uh, and again, like I said, there are, uh, there's so much room for growth. There's so much room to kind of figure out um, what grapes are gonna grow in the right soil, in the right climate. The other thing that we have- So they change the grapes a lot? I mean, they can. I mean, that's a, because it's not as regulated as other countries, 
the, the people are free to change the, what they plant and when and what uh, what climate they do it in. Um, but the other because there is no regulation. There is no regulation okay. about what you can grow and where. Yeah, there is. You know, there are some labeling regulations regarding how you can label your wine. Yeah. But in terms of what you can plant, there really isn't. Um, it's really up to the vineyard owner to decide. In Napa, for example, where you know Chardonnay and Cabernet are really well known, there's a vineyard owner um, who traveled through Italy, fell in love with the Friuli region, started. Um, buying a lot of Ribola Giala and decided to plant over some of his older vines to Ribola. Okay, now that we left the shade of the Golden Gate Bridge, I can tell you this is really a good idea you've had. Thanks this so much. This wine tasting on the bay, great it's, thing to do. It's great. really hard to beat having good wine, beautiful scenery, you know, one of the most iconic structures in all of California. Of the um, world. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I feel like we're pretty lucky. Thanks. Not at all. Well, John, I've loved it. I'm glad you did. It was great a great experience. day out there. Great experience. Excellent. Where are you off to next? I th you know what? I think I'm going to go and see the uh, the Giants play and hit the ball. That's a great idea. Sounds good, good no? day for it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, what about tonight? What are you uh, What are you doing? Tonight? Uh, well, nothing special. Why? I'm going to meet up with some folks at a bar called Terroir. Terroir. Yes, it's a great spot down in uh, Soma. Yeah. Join us there for a drink. What's the name of it? Terroir. Terroir. Ah, that's it. Okay. Excellent. Then I come after the game. That sounds perfect. Thank you very much. A pleasure. Take <laughs> Bye -bye. care. Have a good one. Thanks a lot. Not at all. Before heading for the stadium where San Francisco's baseball team, the Giants, are playing, I decide to walk through the district of Chinatown, which, with its 100,000 inhabitants, makes San Francisco the biggest Chinese town out of Asia after New York. I understand to what extent the town is full of history and, above all, marked by the cultural movements, such as the Beat Generation and the Hippies. In front of my eyes, the city strips itself naked without any complexes. As arranged with John, in the evening I go to the Terroir, one of the renowned wine bars in the city. I soon understand that the young generation here is getting more and more attracted to the wine culture. Only in the center, San Francisco has no less than around 40 wine bars. Hey! Hey, Francois! How are you doing, John? I'm doing well. How was the rest of your day? Fine, fine. A great afternoon, actually. The game was pretty fun. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. I don't sure. think I understood the, absolutely everything that happened, but it was, uh, it was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's a beautiful it day for it. I'm glad that uh, you got a chance to get out there. So this is it's Terroir. It's a cool place. Voilà le Terroir. Yeah. So what is this? So we have a 2005 Muscadet. Uh, from Papier. Uh, oh, so Muscadet. Yeah, oh, so, so we're not really in the uh, Californian wines then, huh? We're going to venture out into France first. We'll make you feel at home. Uh, and then we could uh, venture into some California a little later on. And travel across the ocean. Absolutely. I okay. mean, it's one of the fun things about this space. Sante. Sante. Oh, it's cool and fresh. Exactly. Mm. One of the reasons I, like I selected that. this is um, California winemakers are definitely influenced by a lot of different winemakers from different parts of the world. Yeah. So when I worked Harvest in California last year, Muscadet was really something that we drank almost every day because it's so hot up in uh, Sonoma and Napa that you're working hard, you want something that's cool and refreshing. Uh, you do Harvest every year? You no, you know, I, I did it just last year. You know, I'm an attorney uh, as my full-time job, yeah. but I decided to take some time and explore my interest in wine by working Harvest. So uh, I had a great time, learned a whole lot, and 
one of the things I really enjoyed was having a cool glass of Muscadet <laughs> on a hot day to take a break, so, yeah. Is that a new phenomenon, this thing that to have uh, young people I mean, I, I, I was here years ago, yeah. and people drank beer yeah. much more than they drank wine. I think that's right. I mean, there's definitely a growing interest in wine amongst yeah. younger uh, U.S. citizens, and you'll see that in bars and restaurants. People are really much more knowledgeable at an earlier age. And um, they kind of give up the beer a little bit, or...? No, you know what, there's, there's actually also a very vibrant beer community, too. You know, I think people are just looking for authentic products, whether it's in beer or wine, and so you're having winemakers and brewers who are really catering to that. Because I can tell you that at the game, nobody was drinking wine, huh? Oh, uh, yeah, well, that's <laughs> People were drinking beer over there. If you're at a baseball game, it's beer and hot dog. It's just the way to do it. And it's okay. one of the ways that you're going to enjoy watching baseball. That's what I saw. Uh, yeah, yeah. But here tonight, you know, the wine's definitely the way to go. So, but the thing I've really enjoyed about having uh, discovered wine in San Francisco and being in the Bay Area is that you're really close to wine country. You're able to see the agricultural roots of the wine industry. So it becomes something more than just a, a luxury item. Yeah. It really is a, a, a produce. It's something that you've got to farm carefully. It's something you've got to take care of, and it's going to give some variation. And that's the fun part about being here. You're really able to see the entire process from grape to glass. On the Wine Roads, from a documentary series directed by Eric Michaud with Luna Sands and François Montagu. Sound editing, Agathe Leroux and Guillaume Suppy. And mixing, Thomas Gabriel. Music by My Music Library. And Angle, the An Interscope Production. <laughs>